headlines on February 29th. I didn't know that. Did they, they, do they count? Um, do they count? Do these even count? This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Still pulling fire and oh! score! The three! Backdoor Noah. Noah driving dunk on Saunders. Blocked! Blocked by Richie! What a block by Saunders! Transition triple now. There you go! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Happy Monday, everyone. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is now time to welcome in longtime ESPN college basketball analyst and former Division I head basketball coach Fran Fischella making his show debut. Fran, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. How are you this morning? My pleasure, uh, Spencer. I've been following you guys all year. I'm trying to be up on the Cougs best I can, welcoming them to the Big 12 and uh I've tried to do my best, and I think uh, Big 12 fans are really appreciative of the Cougs being in the league and, uh, you know, in, in all the sports, really, but particularly uh, my, my purview, which is basketball. It has been a wild ride. And just so you know, we probably saved the best for last. We've had your friends Jay Billis and Sean Farnham and Roxy Bernstein on. But you, you are here now. So, again, did, did yeah. we save the best for last by having you on, Fran? As at least when it comes to the Big 12, I would say absolutely. You know, I've been a part of this league now, Spencer, for, for most of 20 years. And it happened organically. You know, we, uh, when I left, uh, when BYU Cougs ran me out of the Mountain West uh, because I couldn't beat them anymore, uh, I, I, uh, we, we, I went to TV and we moved to Dallas where my wife's from. And when I went to ESPN, they said, hey, geographically, the best place for you is the Big 12. And uh, I was fine with that. And it's turned out not only to be great for me, but uh, – I've watched the league grow, quite frankly, in my humble opinion and the opinion of many others, as the best basketball league in college basketball. And I think part of that, quite honestly, is the coverage that ESPN gives the league, the players, the coaches, the fan bases. And it's been so much fun to see BYU slide right into the conference on the basketball side and uh, you know, not miss a beat. Not that 7-7 seven and seven is the be-all, end-all, but to do what they're doing in this year – first year in the league and what you guys bring to the conference uh, tradition, history, fan base is phenomenal. Fran, 2001 was the, uh, a BYU Mountain West yeah. Conference championship. It was against your New Mexico squad. Kenny Thomas, I remember, was amazing. That's the last tournament title for BYU. We're hoping at some point BYU gets yeah. another one in the future, but we appreciate that one, so thanks for the sacrifice. And then Sean Farnham, <laughs> told us, hey, are you cheating on me? You had Jay Billis on, and then we had Roxy now you, so I can't wait to hear what Sean has to say. But the Big 12, yeah, yeah, everyone talks about it. It's the best league in America. What makes it the best, and what has uh, been the onus for this uh, skyrocket to the top of uh, the conferences in, in America? Well, it's a great question, Jeremy. I do, I do have to give ESPN a little bit of credit for the exposure um, that the league gets on Saturdays and particularly Mondays. And, of course, we're on, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays as well. But what I've seen over 20 years is, first of all, a commitment from the schools. Uh, and and I, I have to go back to this. When I came into the league, Eddie Sutton was still coaching. Kelvin Sampson was at Oklahoma. Bob Huggins comes into the league. He's a Hall of Famer. The coaching in this league, first off, uh, Ron Kruger, I can go on and on. You know, now we got some terrific young coaches like Coach Pope and, Jamie Dixon's not young anymore, but it's highly successful. Tang, McCaslin, of course, Scott Drew's heading to the Hall of Fame. 
So I think, first of all, there's, this league has had great coaches, which has allowed them to recruit terrific players in part because of the exposure that the league gets. And then the other thing I would say is over my 20 years, everybody's had to try to catch up to Bill Self in Kansas. And while they haven't done it always, um, they it, Kansas has made everybody in this league better. You're going to find out on Tuesday night um, how great an arena that place is. I know you're very proud of the Marriott Center, but to me, Allen Fieldhouse with the uh, – I, I hate to say it this way because you guys have the great Chris Amir Chosich, but uh, uh, Kansas has James Naismith. So yes, where would we all be without <laughs> Dr. Naismith? You know what I mean? So uh, no no offense, I hope. Uh, but so anyway, I think the tradition of the league and Kansas pulling everybody up um, has been a big factor. And now you have a situation where in the last five years you've had at one, you know, last year with 10 teams in the league, five of the 10 teams in last year's conference have been to an elite eight in the last five years. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this year if a, a team like Houston or BYU can get to the elite eight. So uh, the league has just grown. The other thing I would tell you real quickly, I don't mean to not monopolize here, but um, the league's not been built on one and dones. I mean, for every Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, or Joel Embiid, this league has always had great uh, four, uh, th three, four, and five-year guys, yeah. and especially with COVID now. And so having said that, like at BYU fits in perfectly because of the, the Mormon mission concept at the university. You've always got older, mature, tough, hard-nosed, fundamentally sound guys. And that's why BYU fits in for that reason, because their style of play, although they shoot a few more threes than most, um, their toughness and the, and, the, and the maturity of this team is very similar to what's in this league and what has been in this league. ESPN college basketball analyst Fran Fraschilla is on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, BYU, even with that maturity, certainly learning some hard lessons as they transition into the Big 12 and specifically yeah. on the road. Most recently at Kansas State, it's been a different beast for BYU on the road, like most teams in the Big 12, but still it feels like that learning curve is extra steep, Fran. So let's just uh, start with Kansas State specifically. What went wrong on the road again for BYU against Kansas State? Well, I just got done watching the tape, and I would say that, first of all, it, it, over the course of the season, um, it is uh, – you're going to have some games where you just don't make any shots, whether it's the defense or bad luck. You're just going to have some of those games. I thought watching the tape on uh, on Saturday's game, number one, they, they shot quickly. Not that they don't shoot quickly normally, but I thought they took contested shots, tough shots, and they weren't going down. And then I think they missed some bunnies around the basket. Uh, Dallin Hall had a layup, I remember. I think a couple of the big guys missed point-blank shots. And then it snowballs from there. Um, so I, I was actually optimistic for, for, for the Cougs in watching the game because I thought for 25, 26 minutes, they were in that game without having a good shooting night. And uh, as we know, and you pointed out, in this league, the home team wins 68% of, uh, of the games. And the main reason is, is the home crowds around this league are second to none. Um, I even did an Oklahoma State game on Saturday against OU. Amazing. Where they finally had a great crowd. And they played like a team that was a, a good basketball team. So, you know, I, I, I would just chalk it up to welcome to the Big 12. I will say this. The game I did against uh, Texas Tech when they had the 16-point lead, when they lost the lead in the second half, I was thinking to myself, okay, they're going to find out that in the Big 12, it's not Portland or, or Pepperdine, that you got to play a full 40 minutes, especially on the road with these crowds. Because I remember the first four minutes, as you guys do, 
of that Texas Tech game, uh, the crowd willed the Red Raiders back into that game. Mm. And that's very commonplace in this league. That was a tough loss, uh, especially because now BYU is kind of struggling on the road. Would have been nice to add to the resume a little bit. And now BYU has, uh, they play Kansas tomorrow at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, as you mentioned, perhaps the most iconic venue <laughs> in the sport. If you lose at Oklahoma State and Kansas State, yeah. you certainly don't feel good about going to Kansas. Granted, no one does. No one goes in there and uh, beats Kansas right now. Um, what what right. do you hope to see yeah. from BYU as yeah. they hope to compete and just see what happens? Because we've seen BYU go to Gonzaga and win before, so it's not impossible. Yeah. No, it's not impossible. I mean, can't, uh, TCU went to KU last year and beat them by 20. Um, but the first thing is it's, it's logical. You have to make shots. And especially the way BYU plays, you've got to make threes. Uh, the numbers speak for themselves. I follow Greg Rubel on, on Twitter, and, you know, he, he has the numbers down pat. When BYU's making a, X amount of threes, they can pretty much play with anybody in the country. Yeah. And when they're not making threes, um, it's a different story. And you got to understand that Bill Self is uh, not new to this, so he's going to make sure tomorrow night that uh, BYU doesn't get his, a lot of clean looks from three. But they're shorthanded. And as much as they played well against Texas, they st they're still going to miss Kevin McCullough in every game. And uh, I give I give uh, BYU a puncher's chance. And again, when you go to KU or you go to Bramlage or you go to these other places, just like going to Marriott Center, you have to play with poise on the road. And I always felt as a coach, guys, the one thing you want to do with your team is we used to say, let's play TV timeout to TV timeout. Mm. Give ourselves a chance every four minutes to stay in the game. And let's get to the eight-minute mark, you know, in the second half and be in, in striking distance. You know, down four, down two, up two, you know. Um, now, I'll give you guys a little clue because it's going to be the first trip to, uh, you know, Allen Fieldhouse maybe ever in a while. Um, if you have a lead, you have to be up 10 minimum with two minutes to go or you're not winning. <laughs> just how it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just telling you, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying why. I'm not saying why. I'm just saying you, you got you got to be up ten with two minutes to go. If you're up four, you got no shot <laughs> because you got a Hall of Fame coach first of all, and then you have other extenuating circumstances. Let's just say thirteen people out on that court get affected. Let's just say that. <laughs> so all BYU needs to do is be up by a mere 10 with two minutes to go. Not a ton to ask, That's right? The ask? Okay, then. It can, it can happen. It can happen, <laughs> but it doesn't happen often. Okay, Fran, <laughs> as we wind down, uh, let's let's focus in on, on Kansas a little bit more. You mentioned McCuller, who is, again, not going to be with the Jayhawks. Where does a team like BYU have an advantage from a scheme right. perspective against just a beast at home in Kansas? Well, that's a, that's a good question, uh, Spencer. I think the depth, you know, you're talking about a team with no depth that's going to play five, five guys uh, at 37 minutes, and then you have a team that is one of the deepest teams in college basketball. When I studied BYU early in the year, uh, my first reaction is like, damn, they got like eight starters. You know, there's eight guys that huh. you could put out there, and they and they have because of injuries. But you know, you look at Foose coming back off an of injury, but Ali's done well. Uh, uh, Tiki's been that's a great three-headed monster. Then you, you know, I think Spencer was hurt for a couple games. Uh, Richie Saunders to me is a starter uh, in many years at BYU. So uh, I think the pace of the game, although they love to run in that building, uh, Kansas. I think the physicality and the, the conditioning, let's say, of BYU and being able to go deeper in their bench could be a factor in this game.
We'll see what happens. Okay, uh, many people don't know, you're also involved as a coach and uh, advisor in many ways with USA Basketball, 3x3 specifically, and you're the guy that got Jimmer Fredette connected here. What's the story of getting Jimmer with 3x3 because uh, we're excited to watch him compete in the Olympics? Well, it's going to be a, you know, a crowning moment, I think, of what's been an amazing career for Jimmer. Uh, we got to know each other through the years just because of basketball. You know, I was in Shanghai back in 16, 17. It was November 16 because my son now coaches at Harvard, played at Harvard, and they were in Shanghai for a, a game over there with Stanford. And so I went to the Shanghai Sharks game and said hi to Jimmer after the game. We kind of knew each other. And then TBT in the summer – we got to know each other a little better. Obviously, I've always been an admirer. And then I moved to Colorado Springs, and, of course, Jimmer lives in Denver now. And so I, I, I reached out to him a couple of summers ago, maybe uh, June of 23, I think. And I said, hey, would you be interested in three-on-three? Three? It's going to be an Olympic sport, and this would be a great way to cap off your career. We had lunch in Denver, as you guys know. Um, first of all, i got, I got to ask you guys this. I don't understand why – Jimmer's the nicest guy I've ever met. Why does the, why do the San Diego State fans not like him? I never could figure that out. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Maybe, maybe. It's a great mystery <laughs> in life. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because he dropped 50 on him. You know, yeah, but, it may have um, something to do with it. Uh, but anyway, we, yeah, but we went up there. We had lunch, and he was all, all in. And he had an amazing summer for us. Uh, you know, three-on-three three is one of those things where you're gone like four days a week. Uh, two, two weeks a month for about four months, five months. So he had to make commitment. Um, you know, his lovely wa wife and kids uh, were really supportive. And um, by traveling around the world with, uh, with our USA 3X3 team, and he was clearly the best player, one of the best at this. He was all world, I think, this summer. Um, Jimmer helped us qualify for Paris. And so we're thrilled for him. We're thrilled for the United States. It's a new sport. It's very much like beach volleyball to volleyball, um, where you have to be good at volleyball in order to be good at beach volleyball. And Jimmer's really good at basketball. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's still <laughs> really good that. at basketball. And he's, yeah, and he's a great, as you guys know, he's one of the best people you'll ever meet. And uh, uh, just a great ambassador for, for BYU and, and uh, the Mormon faith. And uh, he lives his life just like you'd want him to. And we're excited. I'm getting to go to Paris. My son, James who coaches in the G League, is the assistant coach of the team. And um, it's uh, going to be a real cool event for all of us. And we're thrilled for Jimmer, and I know BYU Nation's thrilled for him, too. Outstanding. We're thrilled that you recruited him for this 3x3 adventure. Good work, uh, I, th yeah. I think it's Me, uh... too. We wouldn't be going. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be going to Paris. Trust me, Spencer. We wouldn't be going without Jimmer. <laughs> so it's cool. Jeremy and I are just trying to figure out how we get ourselves yeah, we're to trying Paris to get now. a ticket over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Special correspondent. I think, uh, you know, BYU TV, Sports Nation, I think – I'm, I'm, I'm thinking special correspondent. Let's you know, go. Check on Jimmer. Let's like go. <laughs> Fran, uh, we know how extremely busy you are. And uh, I've, in fact, I believe you got Texas, Texas Tech tomorrow night on ESPN. Uh, it doesn't slow down for you. So we appreciate you taking some time with us to talk about the Cougs and the Big 12. We look forward to seeing you yep. in Kansas City. Can't wait for Kansas City, guys. You know, you, you're going to enjoy it. Vegas was good. WCC, nothing like Big 12 tournament. And uh, I know the Cougs are going to be well represented. It's going to be fun. Fran, take care and be well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Fran. All right. All right. See you guys.
What a class act. Fran Fraschilla on BYU Sports Nation. He coached St. John's. He was obviously in the Mountain West and, and uh, the whack, the end of that with uh, BYU. And he's been doing great work for a long time. Love his calls. And uh, he's got great insight on what's going on. And he's the guy that got Jimmer in 3x3. Oh, he, he's the guy, like, if Fran's doing the game, I will watch the game. Yeah. He's I, so good. And yeah, he is he the Big nice 12. Job. I can't wait to hear Sean Farnham's jealousy as well. <laughs> tomorrow. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is Thursdays at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. As the coach talks with Greg Rubel, coming off that Kansas game, TCU coming in Saturday night to Provo. Check it out Thursday night. The NFL rumor mill is rolling around Zach Wilson specifically and uh, gaining momentum that he could be headed to the West Coast. Do we like the specifics and the fit? We'll tell you next on BYUSN. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day. Hey, a little look behind the scenes. we got a couple camera operators in here. Give them love. Audio. Let's go. Yeah. It's us and, and four other people uh, in, the, in here. So... Say a good joke and no one laughs. We didn't really hit it, you know. Uh, follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's often a tough crowd in here. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're doing our job. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Spencer. He is Jaron. We just spoke with Fran Fashilla. Awesome conversation. If you missed great. it, you can watch it on demand or listen to the podcast as always. Let's roll out today's headlines. Men's basketball lost at Kansas State, 84-74. BYU a season-low six three-point makes. Season-low 19% from deep as well. Kansas State's Arthur Kaluma scored a career-high 28 for the Wildcats. Cougars now 19-8 overall, 7-7 in the Big 12, number 13 in the net, 18 in Ken Palm. Tomorrow, BYU plays at Kansas. How about that? BYU women's basketball loses at Iowa State on Saturday. Got away from the Cougars in the fourth quarter, 74-49. Third straight loss for BYU. The Cougs could not... Like the men, get anything going on offense. Shot just 31% from the field, 21% from three. I beg three. to differ. I'm just watching highlights right now of Bucket Spence. Of Lauren Gustin? Uh, yeah. She's been incredible all season long. She She's getting buckets regardless of the game. Yeah. 27th double-double the season. She had 22 points and 11 rebounds. Cougars now 15 and 14 on the season. 5 and 11 in Big 12 play. Very winnable game against Houston on Wednesday night on senior night. Already? Number eight, men's volleyball split a pair of five-set matches against number four, UCLA, winning Friday in comeback fashion 15-12. They were down 8-4 in that fifth set. Amazing. Then lost 15-10 in the fifth on Saturday. Cougars 10-6 overall, 1-3 in league play. Have the week off before heading to Stanford next week. BYU softball finishes play at the Mary Nutter Classic with two wins on Saturday against Cal Poly, 19-3, and Rutgers, 9-1. That's a big 10 win, Spence. Four home runs in that Cal Poly game, including two grand slams, one from Hunter Ava and the other from Lily Owens. Yeah. In game two, eight-run win for BYU behind a three-run homer from Lily Owens and Kate Daly pitching five innings, giving up only one run on four hits. That's Kenzie Kerber, Daly's sister-in-law, by the way. Very nice. Yep. BYU went 4-1 and overall in Palm Springs, now 12-3, and Cathedral City, technically. The Cougars. Oh, you live there, you know. Exactly. You know. Hey, they're 12-3. They head to Sacramento for the Capital Classic next. Baseball dropped the final two games at UC Davis on Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, lost the series 2-1 after winning game one 20-4. Used all the runs apparently in game one. That's crazy. BYU played seven games in 11 days to start the season. Two and five so far. Three-game series starting Thursday at Gonzaga. 
Number 24, BYU Gymnastics. Another solid score, 196.500 yeah. on Friday night against seventh-ranked Denver. The Cougars led by freshman Brindley Anderson. Karma! Karma! She said to me after the beat, you told me it was real. It's real. Karma. A 9.95 on the beam for one, Brindley. One judge gave her a tip. Highest score of the night on any event. BYU had all five scores on the floor above 9.825s to finish out the meet with a 49.325 as a team in that rotation. BYU at home this Friday against Southern Utah. You can watch on ESPN+. I kid you not, I say it every year, they go by the flipping birds. That's not a joke, that's, that's their that name. That is their nickname. Men and women's track and field competed at the Big 12 Indoor Championships. The women's team took fourth, men's team took seventh. Lexi Halliday-Lowry led the women's team, was the lone Big 12 champ from Brigham winning the 3K. Other notable performances, Sadie Sargent, Third in the 3K, Riley Chamberlain second in the mile. Caleb Johnson took fourth in the mile. Men's 4x4 team took fourth place. Bunch of school records set, by the way, in the process. Next meet, the NCAA Indoor National Championships in two weeks in Beantown. BYU men's tennis beats Idaho State for a seventh consecutive victory. Okay. And the women's team beat Cal Poly to improve to 8-1 and one on the season. Both of those happening over the weekend. And Women's Golf followed their Instagram where they uh, eat delicious food. Uh, they began play this morning in the Causeway Invitational in Sacramento. Good luck. Gary Roberts bringing it on uh, their social media page. Indeed. Those are today's headlines. Now to the Big 12 Roundup. Yeehaw! Game of the week was Saturday morning on CBS. It number did not two disappoint. Baylor, number, uh, sorry, number two Houston, number 11 Baylor. Baylor goes over. They lose to Brigham. Then they lose to Houston in OT. Uh, trailed by as many as 16 at halftime, Baylor stormed back. Jamal Shedd made a three at the buzzer. It was waved off. It was in his hand. They go to OT. Cougars outscore uh, the Bears, and Houston's now won five straight. 10 of 11, 11 and 3 in the Big 12. Baylor 8 and 6 in league. Back in action tonight at TCU. That is a tough two games and three-day stretch. for the uh, Rough week for Baylor against the Cougars, both BYU and Houston. <laughs> Number six, Iowa State, 71. West Virginia, 64. A little closer than I thought this was going to be. Iowa State forced West Virginia into 23 turnovers and scored 29 points off those turnovers. Well, Iowa State uh, improves to 10 and 4 in the Big 12. West Virginia falls to 4 and 10. Mountaineers trying to bounce back tonight against Kansas State, who just beat BYU. Can BYU do that, what West Virginia did, which is compete? And give yourself a chance, perhaps, uh, next Wednesday at Iowa State. 10 plus 3 is 33% from the three-point line. That'll do. Number nine, Kansas, 86. Texas, 67. Kansas up 20 at halftime. Hunter Dickinson, fantastic. 20 points. KJ Adams, 16. Kansas, 9 and 5 in the league. Uh, all five losses are on the road, by the way. Texas, 6 and 8. Kevin McCullough Jr. missed the game with a knee injury. He's ruled out for tomorrow's game against BYU as well. Can Kansas treat BYU like a trap game, please? <laughs> Overlook B BYU, please! Who is after BYU? Overlook is, them! Is the question. Uh, how about this? The stunner of Saturday was UCF beating 23rd ranked Texas Tech by 14. UCF used a 20-3 run in the second half to run away from the Red Raiders and end their four-game losing streak. Texas Tech went nine minutes without making a field goal in this Woof. game. UCF does Why didn't get they do that against BYU, though? Oh, gosh dang it, I know. Home floor, that's how. UCF improves to 5-9 Texas Tech at 8-6. Want a trap game? Kansas at Baylor set. Come on, That's come on! Perfect trap come on, game overlook BYU! Bedlam part two, Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State by two because Javian McCollum hit a game winner at the buzzer. It was awesome. To win Oklahoma. Called by Fran Fischilla. Yep. 
Oklahoma 7-7 now, tied for BYU. It's in seventh place in the Big 12. Oklahoma State 4-10, tied for last with West Virginia. Oklahoma State's playing better. They're, they're sneaky. TCU beats Cincinnati by 18. Granted, this is in Fort Worth, but still an impressive victory against the Bearcats. Emmanuel Miller and Jacoby Cole each scored 18 points to lead the Horned Frogs to the win. TCU in that bunch of teams at 8-6. Cincinnati drops to 5-9. TCU will host Baylor tonight, as you mentioned. Again. Cougar Whip Round is added by Maersk Now, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let's share some opinions as we close out the Big 12 Roundup. Some NFL rumors uh, have Jets quarterback Zach Wilson believed to be a trade target of the Rams. Would you love this? Yes, I would love, 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 continued love this, channeling my Bronco Mendenhall from years back. This is a great fit for Zach Wilson. Uh, the West Coast and the Sean McVay offense and a backup to just a dude who is a veteran, and if he wins a little bit more, maybe gets another Super Bowl, he's, he's pushing Hall of Fame consideration in Matthew Stafford. Like, this is a great scenario for Zach if this happens. That'd be great. He wouldn't have to drive that far to John Beck now from Utah, right? He's getting back to California! Yeah, Puka Nakua and all that. Carson Wentz was the backup last year. They didn't use him a ton. Stafford was pretty healthy, but they, they started, uh, yeah, they started somebody else in a couple games. There's a chance that he could play a little bit. I'd love that. That'd be Wentz great. can go somewhere else and be a starter. Like, let Zach be the backup to Matthew Stafford. I'd yeah. love it. Don't, don't care where Wentz goes. Just get out of the way. Hey, we were worried, and rightfully so, about BYU men's volleyball yep. going into the weekend matches against fourth-ranked UCLA. They win dramatically in five sets on Friday, lose dramatically in five sets on Saturday. But did they turn a corner out of these recent struggles by how they competed against UCLA. I think they got better, yeah. BYU very well could have won both, by the way. BYU was up 2-1 on Saturday and uh, lost. Both teams that went up 2-1 ended up losing. But yeah, BYU showed something. And uh, at home, BYU is certainly tough to beat. And uh, it was great to win Friday and then Saturday. Uh, the libero for UCLA changed into an outside hitter. He had been an outside hitter until the last four games. Mm. And he had 14 kills in like two and a half sets. Wow. Ethan Champlin is his name. He was amazing. It was, it was quite, I'd never seen a libero turned outside in the match. BYU got swept twice by Grand Canyon on their home floor. So to see them compete against the number four team like this and win one of those matches, yeah. big time. Like they can build off of this. Like yes. they can build and take confidence from Playing this. for third in the league though, ultimately, GCU and UCLA clearly the top team. Head above the rest. Yep. After the break, more of your Mailbag Monday questions. What do you got for us? Answers on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. He's uh, Dave. I'm Jeremy. Let's get to today's headlines. We're still recovering from Sean. <laughs> it takes a moment. <laughs> BYU men's basketball tonight at number seven, Kansas. Jayhawks undefeated at home this season. Six and a half point favorite, Ken Palm. Says BYU's got a 35% chance to win. Pre-game coverage, seven Eastern on BYU Radio. For the first time since November 27th, the Cougars fell out of the AP Top 25 yesterday. They're the first team out, so they're 26 if you go by the numbers. Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, he's backed BYU up now to a seven seed. That's the lowest of the season. And he's got him playing New Mexico, a 10 seed in Charlotte, if the tournament were today. Interesting. Men's volleyball moves up two spots, number six in the ABCA poll. 
Got a split against number four UCLA, both matches in five sets. BYU 10 and 6 on the year, bye week this week, then at Stanford next week. Still the best show on campus. Pretty good. There's some good shows on campus. Men's and women's swim and dive are at the Big 12 Championships in Morgantown. As the competition begins today, goes through Saturday, we wish all those competing the best of luck. Women's golf is in 11th place at the Causeway Invitational in Sacramento through the first two rounds. Berlin Long tied for 11th, shooting two over part of lead BYU. Cougars teed off earlier this round to start round three. NFL Combine Week, BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis begins today. He's got registration, orientation, team interviews, and we'll have more updates as the week goes on. But there's three Cougars back there with uh, Suamata Ia and Rico yep. and Slovis. We hope to have a great time. Time now for the Big 12 Roundup. Big game with Baylor and TCU last night. Bears win at 62-54. Sean talked a little bit about that one. Yep. So we can skip through it. BYU's going to host the Horned Frogs on Saturday. Mm -hmm. When they're on, they're on. That first game with Baylor was 105 to 102 in triple overtime in Waco that TCU won. That same team's coming to Provo and this uh, last night, and the Bears got them back and forward. Big game Saturday, obviously a huge game at Kansas tonight. Kansas State beat West Virginia in overtime. Kansas State led by as many as 25 points, but West Virginia came back, 29-4 run. Mountaineers had a three-point lead with two minutes left. They go to OT, and what does Kansas State do in OT, Dave? They have won 12 in a row under Jerome Tang going back to last year. That's amazing. Tyler Perry scored 29 to lead K-State. Cincinnati tonight is at number one Houston. And uh, the Cougars back on top of the poles. They've been solid. They're 15-0 at home. And Cincinnati 5-9 and nine in the Big 12. Houston won the first one. It was a close one by five. They're favored by 13 and a half. You know what Houston does? Is they just find ways to win when things get tight in the second half. Yeah, they, and they win ugly. They win defensive. They've got great guards. They rebound well, super physical. They're like a better San Diego State, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with a, a little more skill in the guard line there. Texas at Texas Tech tonight, ESPN 9 Eastern, last regular season conference game between these long-time rivals before Texas moves to the SEC next year. Texas Tech won the first meeting in Austin. Red Raiders 8-6 on the year, Longhorns 6-8. Tech by three and a half points. That is the Big 12 roundup. You know, that'll be the last time the Horns play in Lubbock. And so this is, this is going to be out for mm. blood tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's going to be rocking. That wraps up the Big 12 roundup. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I've been waiting all morning to ask you this question. I'm curious. If it was said. May, this would be trending. ESPN's Bill Conley ranks the best 80 quarterbacks in college football since 2000. Uh, Zach Wilson was BYU's lone quarterback on the list. Mm. So it got us thinking, was Zach a better college quarterback than Max Hall or John Beck? Bill Conley says yes. Or Taysom Hill, saying? right? Taysom Hill. Uh, depends what you want. If Brandon the NFL, Dolman. If the NFL, right? If the NFL draft is everything, then it's Zach Wilson. If winning games is everything, then it's Max Hall. Granted, Zach could have won more had he stayed at BYU, right? Another year. Um, John Beck was pretty good too. Taysom Hill overall was the best dual threat BYU's ever had. Uh, you know, I, I would argue even over Steve Young. So it just depends what you want. Um, I really like I really like Max in a clutch moment and John Beck and Zach had the 2020 schedule. He dominated it. It's hard to really know on this. I don't have a clear answer myself, but <laughs> they say Zach. I would say since Max won more games than any quarterback in BYU history, that he deserves to be in the list. Not saying it's sure. one or the other. Yeah. Uh, there should be two or three in that list because Hall was that good. Yeah. John Beck was that good. You look at their career numbers, and uh, and you look at Zach. So I think we got shortchanged in that 
list of 80. Yeah, it, who, who would you put in there as the number two guy? Because I think Zach needs to be in there. That is the question. I think I'd put That is I'd the question. Banks. And the Dominators 01 was pretty good. It was pretty good. One AP poll voter put uh, 14 and 14 Arizona State at number nine in the poll this week. Does this reinforce how flawed the poll is, or are we just bitter because BYU's not in it? I can't confirm, but I don't know if his eight-year-old got the list, made the poll himself, and sent it in. He's like, finger slipped. He meant Arizona. It's like, even that should be higher. We're trusting the net, and we'll see if the net is really the end-all, be-all. We'll see. Women's basketball hosting Houston tomorrow night on Senior Night at the Marriott Center. Dave's on the call. Blaine Fowler will join me along oh, with nice. Hammer Time, Brett Hammer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'll be tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Dude, I loved MC Hammer as a kid. Didn't, never had the pants, though. Did you have the pants ever? No. <laughs> I was going to guess no. <laughs> what if we had a BYU guy in the Kansas faculty who watched games, broke down the Jayhawks, versus Cougars matchup on the show. Oh, wait, we do. It's former receiver Nate Mickle live from Lawrence after the break. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. It is a ball night. BYU at number seven, Kansas in men's hoops. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Jordan, Dave McCann, now joining us live from Lawrence, Kansas, is a man who has had notable degrees from Stanford, Notre Dame, and mostly Brigham Young, who now works at Kansas, who comes down on the show to talk about Kansas, BYU, and even men's hoops. It's Nate Mickle. Nate, what up, dog from Lawrence? How is it today? So great to be here. And I, like I say, I'm, I'm possibly the... Uh, most excited person about BYU to the Big 12 because BYU and my friends get to come out here every year, multiple times a year. So couldn't be happier. Do you take a lot of heat from the Jayhawk students in your class heading into a game like this? Um, I mean, the truth is like, no. I, you know, it would be more fun if I could say, yeah, and they razz me. But uh, I love KU basketball. Now, I do love BYU basketball, you know, more. Um, but basically we kind of feel like we're on the same team 99% of the time. And so today it'll, it'll be fun to see what happens. The other thing too is, you know, most of the fans around here fully expect KU to win. So I, I think that's a, a, you know, another factor in this. That's a reasonable ask given how good Kansas is typically that they haven't lost at home since last year. TCU went in there, was the last team to do it. <laughs> so what are you expecting tonight with the BYU team that's played pretty well this year, but uh, obviously coming off a disappointing uh, performance in the Sunflower State at Kansas State Saturday? Yeah, so here's what's going to happen, okay? So Khalif is going to be dropping dimes like crazy. Dallin Hall is going to have seven to eight assists. Trevin Nell, Noah Waterman, Spencer Johnson, they're all going to hit a bunch of threes. Jackson Robinson's going to hit a big three, hit some big free throws down the line. Foose is going to finish in the paint like a madman. Richie's going to hustle and make plays all over the place, and BYU's going to win. I like it. This, this sounds good. That sounds like uh, a breakdown from a guy who's going to be wearing a BYU shirt at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> yeah, what are you wearing tonight? <laughs> I, I mean, TBD. <laughs> you know, it's hard to, you know, it's like, do I really wear a shirt that's, a, you know, cheering against the the, the you know, place that writes my check. Uh, I, I will not. Yeah, I, 
I, I will probably be neutral. I'm probably not going to wear Kansas, but I, I don't think I, I will say, we'll see. Yeah. Don't I'll, wear I'll one of those split things though. That's just weird. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Unless you have a kid on both teams, then it's fine. But I've seen the split thing before and it just ticks me off, you know? Um, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. You, you recently, uh, had Andy Reid on your podcast. Um, what, what was it like coming off the, uh, Super Bowl win for our guy, Andy Reid there, of course, uh, in, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, so great to talk to Andy. Such a stud. I got lined up with him. Uh, I'd ask somebody to line me up with him, and he sends he Andy sends me an email like 24 hours later, like, here's my cell phone. Give me a call. Let's talk. So cool. And yeah, I just ask him about leadership. I teach leadership at the University of Kansas, and Andy uh, said that first I thought it was cool. He started by talking about how much he learned from Lavelle and the church leaders, our church leaders, but also from Lavelle and how he was never out of control and he was honest and he's a good teacher. Um, and so he talks about staying under control with, you know, Travis Kelsey bumping him uh, in the Super Bowl. But I thought what was really cool ultimately is Andy spent basically the entire interview just talking about how awesome Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones are, how much he loves them. And to me, it was like, that's why Andy's so great. Like, yeah, those things that he learned from the bell matter. But the other thing that he learned from the bell and the other thing that he just probably does pretty well is he just loves people and he treats them the right way. He knows them. He remembers that Chris Jones didn't get drafted on the first day, that he was wearing a red tuxedo eight years ago, didn't go on the first day, and then they got him. So I, it was just so cool to hear Andy's perspective, but then really kind of think about it after the fact. And it's like, oh, that's you know, that's why Andy's so great is, is he loves his players and, and they love him. Isn't it interesting that coaching style we quickly label as old school um, and, and they are set apart because they're so different and then all these up-and-coming coaches are so busy trying to, I don't know, invent themselves that they look at the standard and yet they, they, they're over here being just the opposite. And, and that allows the standard of Andy Reid just to continue to grow into, man, he just has got it figured out. Everyone should figure it out and, and follow guys like him like he's followed Lavelle. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was in a, I was in a uh, discussion with my friends yesterday, and there's this new series on Netflix that's chronicling – well, I, I think it's relatively new – chronicles – uh, you know, the the Florida football program. And the way Urban Meyer went in there and changed the culture overnight, I don't know that many other styles would have worked to get results so quickly. Uh, but Andy's – but first, I would – I mean, part of me, it's like part of me would want to play for Urban just to, to be in such a hyper-competitive environment. But part of me wants to just, like, take video and sh and leak it to the press and show how – uh, toxic that that workplace would be. Whereas Andy, it's almost like a slow build, but over time you get the right guys and they love each other and they play for each other. And now he's got a dynasty going and I think it is that style that's contributed so much to the success at Kansas City. You see Kalani trying to do some of that too. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And you certainly have to surround yourself with greatness as Chad Lewis wrote about in his book, right? Um, if Lavelle doesn't get the right OCs and the right quarterbacks, he's probably not the Lavelle we know, right? And if exactly. Andy Reid doesn't have uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, who knows what that looks like? Still good, but is it this good? Um, so you need some breaks here and there. And uh, it's, it's funny how the breaks happen to the nice guys sometimes, right? The guys who do it yeah. the right way, which it did happen. Let's finish with this, Nate. What makes Fog Allen Fieldhouse so unique to go to for a game, which some BYU fans are flying in to see this tonight? Yeah, it's just it's it's the birthplace of college basketball. So Allen Fieldhouse is on Naismith Drive. James Naismith founded the program. He was the first basketball coach at Kansas. His uh, his player Fog Allen 
was the second, he became the second coach. That's who the arena is named after. Fog Allen's player, Adolph Rupp, went to Kentucky, which is now the all-time winningest program. Their arena, of course, is named Rupp Arena. Oh, Kansas will likely soon overtake them as the all-time winningest program. Dean Smith, he played for KU under Fog Allen, won a national championship, then went to North Carolina where he, went, where he won two more. Uh, Roy Williams made it to two national championships as the head coach at KU. Then he won three at North Carolina. Uh, there's a shirt here I love in Lawrence that it says, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the birthplace of North Carolina basketball. Uh, <laughs> you got Larry Brown. He won a championship at Kansas, then won a championship in the NBA. I believe he's the only NBA coach to do so. Mm. And now you have Bill Self with two championships. You got players like Wilt Chamberlain, Danny Manning, Paul Pierce, Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins. The original rules of basketball are here. Now, I really do hope that BYU does what I said they're going to do. So much of the game tonight, it just depends on if BYU hits threes. If BYU yeah. can hit threes... They can win. This KU team is not deep. They're super talented at the top end. Dickinson and Furphy. McCuller's not playing, obviously. Uh, Dewan, that played for the national championship team. KJ Adams, who's the, one of the bounciest players I've ever seen. But that's it. So if, if any of them get in foul trouble, have an off game, and or if BYU can hit threes, they really can win tonight. It's not going to take a miracle. It would just take them hitting threes and playing a solid game. Hey, not on that original rule list is the three-point shot. Which is the key yeah. for the first <laughs> Yeah, also. And, and KU, KU treats it that way, right? They do not shoot three-pointers hardly at all this <laughs> They're year. offended by the <laughs> yeah, three. They, they yeah. stick to the creed there. <laughs> Nate, yeah. we appreciate the time as always. Uh, I'm interested to see what shade of blue you wear tonight. Uh, we'll have Spencer report on that coming up tomorrow. Thanks, Nate. Please do. Yeah, I'll send a picture. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nate. Nate Mickle from Lawrence. We appreciate it. Coming up, the top five road wins in men's basketball history. Will tonight's game make the list the next time we do this? This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. It's a ball night for women's hoops, 9 Eastern tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio with this guy against Houston, senior night. And now joining us is Kaylee Smiler to uh, talk about it. We'll get Lauren Gustin another day. Uh, but Kaylee, welcome back. And uh, I can't believe this is uh, potentially your last home game. I know, right? It feels like a really long journey. <laughs> it's been a long time and it's been a crazy one. You've had, uh, you know, a boating accident and knee injuries and COVID. fifth year in COVID. Like, how would you describe the journey to get to this point where, hey, you're on the, the first BYU team in the Big 12 and uh, beating Baylor uh, a couple weeks ago was awesome? Yeah, this season has been like amazing. I love Coach Amber and all the coaches, honestly. The chemistry on our team, on and off the court, is just hilarious. I wish I could tell you more about it, but maybe I shouldn't slide into maybe, this thing. Maybe tease us, just <laughs> one little something. We have, maybe? we have side tournaments and like off the court right of, now. Of what? stealing rubber ducks. We each have our own personalized rubber ducks. They are spread throughout the Yes, 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 they are. Yes. Everyone has a rubber duck. Yep. And you try and steal each other's. They're all in the annex, just spread around in our practice facility. That's hilarious. Even off the court, no one's safe. Have you seen these around? I'm participating. Has anyone stolen chips? I have a rubber duck that is hidden 
in... Oh, everyone hides them in a random place. Yes, you hide them... in your backpack. Okay, No, you hide them in a random place, and then people will go and try and find them. That's that's hilarious. Mine is is a Superman rubber duck. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) But that that, uh, game and sort of chemistry moment helps this team. Like you've come together in a way through a small thing like this. Yeah, absolutely. So even on the call, we love each other. It really works with the chemistry and helps us get those wins. (laughs) Whose idea was that? That's hilarious. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) What is... I know that... You probably are going to be asked a hundred times, you know, with it being your last year and getting getting close to the end of the season, you know, your favorite moment. And I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to ask you that. What I do want to I ask do. you is, when you think about those moments, what have all of those moments meant to you when you look back on your career at BYU? What have those moments meant? Um, so our videographer. Um, Lizzie, she made one of our senior night videos and it had a section of when I had to do interviews for my Deep Blue. And one of the comments that I said was like, when I win, I feel like we all win. Mm. Because again, like I I come from a small hometown in New Zealand. And so, you know, when I get those those moments that I think about when I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when I had that like career high game or like, oh, we went to the NCAA tournament. They're all just like small wins. But like they, they build up eventually, and I know that if I try and make a good reputation out here, then I'm eventually going to help people back home as well. It's, that's beautiful, and your deep blue is amazing. Everyone needs to check it out. Um, it's, it's cool because it shows who you are as a proud Maori from New Zealand <laughs> and the role of dance in your life and overcoming adversity. It's been amazing. This team, besides just the two of you, is pretty young. You're starting a freshman backcourt. You guys have grown a ton. You almost took out Kansas State. You take down Baylor. It seems like you're getting better here at the end of the season. Yeah, so now that we get to play Houston tonight, it's game day. Um, what I like to tell the girls is, like, we're a completely different team from the beginning of the season. Like, we have grown so much and had a lot of experience now so that when we play them again, they're just not going to be ready for us. And so that's what we're looking to. The freshmen have learned so much. I've learned so much. And, again, this is, like, I'm a super senior. And I feel like with every week and every practice and every game, we just become better. Is there anything specific that you feel that the team has, has gotten better at significantly from the beginning of the season? Or is it like you said, just when, when, you, when you go through as many games as you play in a season, regardless of how young you are when you start, by the time you get to the end, you're not, you're not young anymore. Is it more that or is there something specific that you feel like the team has gotten better at? Um, I would for sure say the mental aspect is a big deal. Like our coaches credited us yesterday and said like the ability for the freshmen and like for all girls to be able to bounce back after those tough losses like that took me years to develop and just like for people just get back and wake up the next day and go to practice with the mindset of we're going to get better today we're not going to waste this practice so that we can prepare for the next game um that's something that I've seen throughout the season because you know it was a little sad getting those you know at the beginning of our season we were 0-4 and then we were still like continually decided to put in the work. We all chose that we wanted to be better. And so now it got, comes to the end of the season. We're still winning some games and losing some games. But when we lose a game, we still have that clear headset, like not to, get, not to let our highs get too high or our lows get too low. And you're in that space right now because you're coming off a tough second half at Iowa State, tough place to play, big crowd and the whole thing. But you have Houston at home, final home game. Who knows, maybe you have more home games in, in a postseason tournament. We'll see. But uh, then it's hard not to peek at Texas and Shaylee. <laughs> Hi, Shaylee, on uh, Saturday. So what's this uh, week going to be like in terms of, like you said, bouncing back into two big games? 
Um, so I think it's just one game at a time right now. We haven't even talked about Texas because we're focusing on Houston. But it has been on the back of my mind. You know, I might steal a BOU shirt and go say hi to her after the game. She's still a really close friend of mine. So I think it'll be fun. I mean, we're both not going to hold back. <laughs> it'll, be, yeah, it'll be good to be on the same court again. Have you thought about what the emotions will be like tonight? Of, uh, for, for you, with it you know, potentially being your last home game. Yeah, I've decided not to make eye contact with specific few people because I can't get my emotions <laughs> until after the game. <laughs> who, are the, who are some of those people? Um, definitely my, my family, my fiance. Congratulations, um, by the way. Oh, yeah, thanks. Very exciting, very exciting. <laughs> um, Honestly, like there's, you know, some, even some of the girls on the court, because I know Arielle Williams, she's injured right now. So I know like these are kind of one of the games that I'd love to play with her. Yep. Um, Kylie Webster manages. There's like I could just go through the list. I'm like I need to just focus on the game because if I stay too long out into the crowd, I'll, I'll start getting emotional. Ari got baptized over the weekend. She did. That was a pretty cool event uh, for the team and for her, of course. Yes, everyone was there, and then I think most people don't even know that she's not a member. I didn't of the know church. that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. So I was uh, excited. Uh, you know, Ari Mackie Williams, Aria McCumber. There have been several BYU athletes that have chosen to uh, join the church, which has been pretty cool this year. So when you, when you look at this game tonight with Houston, what's, what's the focus? Because I, I know you guys want to start, you know, to, to kind of ramp up and get ready for the, the Big 12 tournament next week. So, so how does it start tonight with Houston? Um, when we played them last time, their game plan is like a lot of pressing and pressure. So we're going to focus on our, like, limiting our turnovers and, like, taking care of the ball, making sure we're free for each other, those kind of things. And then, of course, you know, Lauren will get her rebounds and, like, <laughs> Wilson and Whiting will get their points. And so all together, it'll add up. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. Uh, we look forward to tonight's game and, uh, you know, Big 12 tournament next week, which will be fun. And uh, congrats on it going uh, Everything going well right now for you in your life. Thank you. Give you the karma. We'll give you the BYU Sports All Nation All the karma. karma. Yes. Three, you know, like three threes tonight maybe, something like that. Sound good? Awesome. Something good. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Appreciate it. BYU Women's Basketball hosting Houston tonight on Senior Night. Coverage for tonight's game begins at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. ESPN Plus. And radio coverage with yours truly on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Rocked. BYU wades through the fog and comes to Provo with a win over number seven Kansas. We'll react to the huge win last night. Plus, we'll go live to Kansas with Spencer Linton on the atmosphere and how the Cougars did it. We'll also play back post-game sound from the head coach Mark Pope and the stars of the game, Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson. And it's senior night. For BYU Women's Basketball, we'll chat with the two seniors, Lauren Gustin and Kaylee Smiler. All-timers at BYU, man. Welcome to an exciting BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And they were everywhere last night, all over the country and in Lawrence, Kansas. It is Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a man who, like me, was probably on Twitter for about 90 minutes after the game. Going nuts, Jason Shepard. If only we had something to talk about today. If only something <laughs> historic had happened. <laughs> Last night, what a fun night. What a I, great night. I, I was on cloud nine. I'm really not sure what I said during the postgame uh, on BYU radio, but uh, I was, I mean, just on cloud nine, being able to talk about that kind of victory. And you know as well as I do, Kansas is not going to lose another home game 
in the regular season. For another, like, year and a half or two years. So, BYU, when the season is over, there's going to be that, that one on the loss column at home for Kansas, and that's going to belong to your BYU Cougars. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Chalk rocked uh, BYU basketball posting this after. Now entering the splash zone. This is, of course, the celebration in the locker room after. Super exciting. And then at 2.30 a.m. in 20-degree weather, BYU arrives home, and look at the BYU students. Look, there's Jerem. And fans. No, you were asleep. I was asleep. Um, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Just great turnout, best fans in the world. And uh, BYU gets it done against Kansas. Lot, lots to discuss, lots of reaction, lots of sound to play. We'll check in with Spencer uh, coming up as well. All rise and shout. It's time for a winning edition against Kansas of What's Trending. Johnson for three. Let's go! BYU can bounce this one out. That hope is a bad dude. He's got BYU cooking. With uh, oil last night. I mean, it was good. What's Trending is presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU beats number seven, Kansas 76-68, flying back up to number 10 in net now for BYU. They'll be in the polls, we think, of course. So what Monday. happens when you Gotta take be BYU out of the top 25. <laughs> they get real upset. One poll in BYU does it. Last Tuesday, BYU beat number 11 Baylor yep. at home. And then this Tuesday, BYU beats number 7 Kansas on the road. Shep, this is one of the best wins yep. in BYU program history. There's no question about it. It's we, we were all witnesses to one of the greatest wins this program has ever seen in its entire history. It, it was awesome. And... The, the thing that I enjoyed probably the most in looking back at it, and there's so many things to break down and talk about in moments of the game, but it was the degree of difficulty in which BYU went through in order to win. Mm -hmm. This was one of those games you said, okay, if BYU is going to have a chance to win this game, you have got to have a strong start. You cannot afford to come out of the gate slow. Well, guess what? BYU came out of the gate slow. Let's throw that idea out the window because when BYU beat number one Gonzaga, they were down 18 to two. You don't have to do that. No, but you you don't want to put yourself behind. Sure, but it's not a, at a at a, at a venue where to. this team is not lost at home. You have to start strong. You have to play perfect. No, you don't. Well, BYU they, has not in multiple top 10 wins now on the they road. They did start slow yeah. and they overcame it. They yes. didn't shoot the ball very well yeah. in the first half. They had the opposition shooting free throws with 15 minutes left in the second half. Yep. All of those things. It was eight on five for a minute. Should have equated to not a great ending for the Cougars. Yeah. Yet BYU was able to push through it. And look, I know we're going to get to big shots. I, I want to bring this up before we talk to some of the talk about some of the shots that were made in that second half. I think the most underrated shot of the whole night was in the first half. Mm. You're getting closer to halftime. Kansas is up by nine. BYU on offense kicks to Robinson in the corner, and he hits a three to get the lead for Kansas down to six. Kansas then doesn't score on their last possession at half. So instead of being down by nine, you're down by six. And on halftime, during, during Cougar Halftime Live, I said... Look, this may come back to bite me. I may, it may be eating my words. But that shot and only being down by six is a big, big deal. So to me, I think that was the most underrated shot. That three going into halftime by Jackson Robinson that took a nine-point deficit yep. down to six. 
you're going into the locker room after hitting a big shot. Yep. And look, and quite frankly, after everything that, that Kansas had done to get a lead, they still weren't playing great. So BYU's only down six, and, and Kansas isn't, isn't pulling away. I, I just thought that was a huge moment in this game. That was big. There were a lot of big moments. Obviously, it was great to boost the resume, as I talked about yesterday, with a uh, quad one win of rapport. Um, top 20 win. BYU now has four top 20 wins in the net. More on that in a moment. BYU made clutch shots, played tremendous defense. 22 to 10 in the final 530. That's amazing. 68 points allowed. That's amazing. Third best points per possession allowed in Big 12 play by BYU. Incredible. How about the big shots, as you mentioned? Robinson's three in transition yes. in the final five minutes. Waterman's three. Those were answered, by the way. But perhaps the play of the year now. The best play of Dallin Hall's life is right there. The step, <laughs> step back. back on Hunter Dickinson was big time. The final 5:30. Look at what BYU does. They get to the line way more than Kansas, who did earlier, being in the bonus for so long. And the Cougars played great down the stretch. Here is Dallin Hall on perhaps the greatest play of his life. We'll get to that in a moment. 18 points for Dallin. Jackson had 18 as well. Here's Dallin. Obviously, he's a really good defender, especially inside. So um, I saw he gave me a little bit of space, and uh, everyone was really sticking close to the shooters. And so that's kind of a shot I practice a lot is off the bounce. Like Jax was saying, we practice a lot of things after, after practice. And so that's one of the moves I work on and uh, shoot it with confidence and live with the results. And, and how, the result was awesome. The result was awesome. And how about the play of, of Dallin Hall hitting that shot and the way he played, bouncing back from the performance at Kansas State. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and it goes back to the, to the confidence thing. You, you have to believe that your next shot is going in regardless of what the situation was. And even Coach Pope during postgame had said, in that first half, I, didn't, I, I felt like we weren't, we, we weren't worrying about the next shot. We were still worried about the last shot. Mm. Like we couldn't get the misses out of our heads. And, and it, was, it was something you saw, it, but eventually that confidence. And you talked about the Jackson Robinson three in transition. Mm. You talk about high risk, high reward. Because that's, that's, hey, that was a leak, a leave for Roque Manesh yeah. versus Kansas, <laughs> yes. right? Like a three yes. in transition, Northern Iowa. Especially because you had an opportunity to keep going to the rim if you wanted. Yes. But you stop and you take the three. Hitting it, great. If you miss that... That could be a huge momentum changer the other way. Yes. So for, for Jackson to have the confidence to stop in transition and hit that three was massive. Okay, uh, BYU overcame officiating free throws. At one point, it was 23-9 to nine in fouls. Um, Kansas was in the double bonus at 13-35. I tweeted, BYU has to do something crazy to overcome that. They did. Um, the Jayhawks missed 12 free throws. Yep. That really helped here. Kansas went 3 of 15 from 3. You need something like that. BYU defensively was like, Dwan Harris, go ahead and shoot a three. Yeah. Hey, uh, Timberlake, you've got you've to make a shot. They didn't let Hunter Dickinson do much after like the first 10 minutes, right? Uh, no McCullers, not BYU's problem. Right. That's not BYU's problem. Hey, Kansas was able to go and get some big wins without him already. Two, um, two emotional moments that really helped BYU. Well, three. One saying, this is our temple. Kind of tick some of the BYU fans off, if you will. And then in, in the game, Trevin Nell pushed Hunter Dickinson back. And to me, that's a sign of, all right, we're here. Let's go. We're here, Doc. As he goes through BYU's kind of huddle there. The other was Mark Pope's tech. That was needed. That was needed to sort of get the officials on BYU's yeah. side a little bit. Like, that's what happens. That was a big moment. 
with the win now, by the way. BYU's fourth different top 20 net and AP top 25 team they beat in San Diego State, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas. BYU has never beaten more than two different top 25 te- ranked teams in a season. Two different ones. Like, you could beat St. Mary's twice. That counts as one, right, in this thing. Four different ones. All in the top 20. BYU's never had this ever. Amazing. If the cost of winning at Kansas was losing to Oklahoma State and Kansas State, it was worth it. Fifth win ever versus a top seven team on the road. Amazing. And I guess BYU loves ending winning streaks of opponents on the road. New Mexico's 41-game home win streak, 98. Gonzaga, 41-game home win streak in 2015. And now the 19 uh, streak for Kansas. Not to mention the fact that they had won uh, 82 straight home games when leading at halftime. 82! And then 67 home win streak against unranked opponents. Like, all these streaks go down big time. The fact that this got as much love as it did, despite not being on linear ESPN or ESPN2, is a big deal. This was on ESPN+. Plus. Unfortunately, the audio took more hits than Hunter Dickinson did on the broadcast. (laughs) But it was a big time, big time win for a gajillion reasons. Like, BYU is going to move off the seven line up to a six. A four or five seat is possible. Because you got a program-defining win. I would argue uh, best win of the year given the road nature, given Kansas. And oh, program. I don't think it's in question. Like, I, okay, number one, Iowa State two, uh, Baylor three at this point. Think about those wins that walking into this season. I'm not sure we thought BYU would get any of those. And now they have three. Right. Plus you beat San Diego State. More on, more on that <laughs> win later. There was a weird graphic on CBS Sports. Don't look at this, though. It's so awesome. Year one in the Big 12, BYU has 20 wins and counting in year one of the Big 12. Incredible. Now they're a game above 500. And looking you, at. You can have a winning yes, record now. Absolutely. That win last night has play. set BYU up in a really good spot to end Big 12 play and head to Kansas City with a winning record BYU's in, fifth in the right Big now. 12. BYU's in fifth. Are you kidding me? That's how fifth. massive that victory was last night. Okay, uh, let, let's, let's go to some social stuff and, and some receipts here. Uh, Rock Chalk Blog called it. This is at 11.07 yesterday uh, morning. If I could eliminate just one game off the schedule, it would be the BYU game. The roster filled with guys that look like you typed, guy who could make threes against Kansas into an AI <laughs> image generator. <laughs> Coming off a horrible shooting performance. Hold on to your butts. Sounds like uh, Jurassic Park here. He was right. It was dudes that could make threes. Very prophetic. Yes, BYU uh, shoots 38%. Remember, 33% are up. BYU's awesome. Um, men's basketball, uh, you. Guy who could make threes against Kansas. <laughs> Chat GPT, a picture of Dallin Hall. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, also, also fun. Uh, Johnny Linehan t- you know, tweeting about, hey, down six at half, did it all, take it. Somebody tweeted, spoiler alert, uh, KU has 71 home wins in a row and leading at half. That wasn't even the right number, by the way. Uh, and then, that's a nice win streak when leading at half. Would be a shame if someone ended it. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie McCombs, uh, who covers uh, BYU for Microsoft. We should have known it was over when Dallin Hall had this look in his eye pregame. <laughs> no, uh, context-free CBB. This one was my favorite, actually. Hunter Dickinson's close out. <laughs> if you're 7'2", you just reach out like that, I guess. It looks like he's in mid-fall. <laughs> Hey, push him. Dallin Hall should have pushed him back after that, too. Uh, at Jeff Eisenberg, the fog is no match for BYU, a team that regularly lost four plus WCC road games a year, and I swear, last one in Moraga during the Obama administration. <laughs> College basketball is weird. Listen, the fact that a year ago, 
We walk in uh, to the Big 12 and out of the WCC, and that team is in fifth place and just doesn't even make the NIT, and we're like, man, it's going to be rough in the Big 12. The fact that they have rallied, as we've talked about, this year, and now they get this win, amazing. Yeah, Just it's- simply incredible to summon that performance. And, Shep, BYU has had some of its best games off of tough losses. Yeah. So I, I would be a little uh, weary of Saturday's game against TCU. BYU's got to come with that same juice. Granted, it's at home. We've only seen really one disappointing home performance. That was Cincinnati right out of the gate. But other than that, like, you lose to Houston, they're the number one team in the country. Like, it, it happens. BYU's been pretty good in conference play. Uh, won all the games besides those two at home, I believe. So BYU goes into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and wins, Shep. This is, this is one of the great... Moments in BYU men's basketball history, bro. Look, BYU has done, to your point, a fantastic job of following up disappointing games with good performances. Spencer brought it up earlier this year, like, hey, they've summoned these great yeah. performances look, after look, and look, tough losses. And, and you had yeah. you had at the beginning of the, of the conference season where you lost the first two. Since then, BYU has, has been able to eliminate that type eight, eight five since yeah, then? Of, of performance. Yeah. And you, you lose at home to Cincinnati, then you go on the road, you have the lead against Baylor, but ultimately lose the game. That, that is such an underrated um, you know, skill for, for a team to have is to be able to put losses behind you and come out and, and perform at your best the next game. That, that is not BYU easy. was in Kansas yes. and had a very disappointing Saturday performance against Just against came Manhattan. home. They literally came home. That was a change. We've talked yes. about it. That was a change. They were going to stay there. But when they went West Virginia, Oklahoma, I wonder if they felt like we were on the road a little too long. That was too much. Two time zones. They had to go uh, out a day early, blah, blah, blah. But BYU wins, and uh, they, they now have a shot at getting a four or five seed if things play out really well. Last night, Spencer Linton was in Fog Allen Fieldhouse and now joins us from, I assume, Kansas City, getting ready to fly back today. Spence, how we doing? How was it? And uh, BYU pulls it off, bro. Unbelievable. Let me add my voice to the many that have said it's a bucket list opportunity and scenario that all college basketball fans need to experience. It was just remarkable uh, in so many ways. And I know you've been talking about it at length about what this mean wins or this, this win means for BYU and, and uh, how it shapes their season. But my gosh, like it's hard to explain how loud and how nostalgic and how historic that place is until you've actually walked in and see him do the starting lineups and, and you see all the pageantry and the lights and, all the banners hanging. And so to, to have that as a backdrop and then BYU wins the game, it, it just it, it immediately vaulted itself into one of those scenarios where it's like, okay, well, that's an all-timer for BYU. Is it top five? Is it top ten? It, it was just – it was that quality of win and um, one that won't, won't soon be forgotten. One that makes fans show up back at the Provo airport at 2.30 in the morning and 20 degrees and, and welcome the team off the plane. Hey, uh, they're not going to welcome you like That's that. what I was going to say. I'm Don't really expect sorry. the same welcome Don't when you come back. That. Yeah. Maybe we'll show up and be like, <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I'll I'll take whatever I can get. So, uh, yeah, low expectations for me. But the common theme uh, last night is I talked to everybody on the team. And when I say everybody, I tried to have conversations with all of them because uh, I just kind of wanted to document their feelings and their emotions and how it was going. And um, notably, Richie Saunders and Spencer Johnson and Dallin Hall all referenced 
that there were these little things that were bothering BYU, like being taken out of the top 25 mm. after beating Baylor and losing at Kansas State. Like they, they both or they, the, the trio of them unprompted brought that up. Like, hey, we were we were kind of disrespected and we didn't like that. And so whatever it takes, whatever you got to use to get a mental advantage, BYU was out to prove they belong back in the top 25. And once again, when it got close late, the moment was not too big for Dallin Hall. Like he is uh, very quickly becoming that guy uh, along with Jackson Robinson. When it's like, okay, you need a big bucket. You need a big shot late in the game. Like th- those are your guys right now. And we all kind of wondered who it was going to be. And those two have, have clearly kind of taken some big steps in, in taking those reins of the guys that are going to get you buckets late. So, Spencer, you talked about the atmosphere and what that was like. And, I mean, it was a thrill of mine to be back there, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, it is, to me, it is the greatest college basketball arena that we have. Um, But you talked about the atmosphere. I want to talk to you about the the BYU fans that showed up. And there was a lot being made of the the BYU chants and how the KU fans did not like how loud those BYU chants got. What was that part of the evening like to hear literally hear BYU chants echoing at Allen Fieldhouse well first of all I was a little surprised and and I at this point I'm like why am I surprised I shouldn't be surprised that BYU fans are traveling like this Uh, I just thought it would be uh, tougher to get into the arena but again they will go to great lengths to find a ticket into the building and BYU's fans in large part were in the upper portion um, kind of in a corner behind the BYU bench. And I thought, oh, there's a decent contingent here, maybe four or 500. But when things got going late in the game, and I think it was after Jackson Robinson hit that pull-up three-pointer after a Spencer Johnson steal that cut the Kansas lead to two at like 47-45. And then Kansas goes to a timeout, and all of a sudden BYU fans are on their feet and they're chanting BYU. And Kansas fans get perturbed because they're like, no, no, you're not doing this in, in our gym. You can't do this. And so they started to boo, and then they started to, like, counter it with their own chant. But I, I just got such a kick out of that. And they were – I think I, I mentioned it in a, a post on X last night. I, I just couldn't believe how loud BYU fans were. And I was like, man, maybe there are, like, a 1,000 or maybe a little bit more than a 1,000 in here and I'm singing the Cougar fight song after BYU wins the game and all gathering behind the BYU bench. And it just, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe how loud BYU fans were. And I mean, Fran Fraschilla told us this week uh, on BYU, I look, you're probably gonna have to be up 10 with four minutes to go to win this game. That was not the case. Okay. <laughs> that was not the case. But to see Dallin Hall hit that second three and then BYU make a couple of free throws. I think they were up six late. And Kansas fans are getting up and leaving their seats. Like, they're leaving the game. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, this is the fog. This is where you guys make some dramatic comeback. Like, where, where are you going? Didn't know what how to deal doing? with the adversity. Like, they drove B- – like, BYU drove them out of the stadium early. Like, that to me was one of the most wild things I saw all night because they just – they're so magical late and they, they win these games when they get in big trouble. But – BYU had answers. They made free throws. Down Hall, Noah Waterman, Trevin Nell, all making clutch threes down the stretch. And so, yeah, to hear the BYU fans get loud for a second time when they were up five and then the fans leaving early, oh, my gosh. Like, what what a moment for BYU. It was pretty incredible. Also, like the background on your TV. Well, well done. I think it's the first interview of a person who's on the TV behind us. 
<laughs> hey, I included you too, and I was trying to find Shep. This is our YouTube page. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to promote our YouTube content here. <laughs> hey, push, push, the, here's, push the content. Here's how you can make it up for me. On your way back to the airport, swing by the Chiefs team store at Arrowhead and pick me up some more Super Bowl gear. Shep, you have no room in your closet for any more that's Chiefs fine. gear. Hey, it's fine. I'm going to be buying some more when I'm there uh, next week with uh, women's <laughs> basketball in the conference tournament. So I'll, I'll be, I'll, don't worry, I'll be getting plenty of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, yeah, great stuff. You wouldn't pay him uh, back. What either, a show. Anyway. What a moment. What, what a game. I, I just. Amazing. Uh, I, I know we're, at, we're speaking ad nauseum here. We're, we're beating the dead horse, but like this. No, it's, this it's really alive. Is it's very much alive. We're good. A, de- a defining moment for BYU basketball. Absolutely. The one thing that they had not done was like go on the road and like win a big game on the road and big 12 play. And it's like, oh man, can they do that? And we're listening to Seth Davis and others say, yeah, BYU's fun, but they can't win a big game away from home. Well, how about that, Seth? Yeah. Where's the tweet? They've done that now, too. Where's the tweet, Seth? Let's go. Spence, we appreciate the, the it. The five seed in Salt Lake City is back in play, man. Yes, it is. Like it is. It's, that, it's back in play. Yes, it is. Well, safe travels home. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you soon, man. We'll meet you at the airport with signs. Right. <laughs> we will not. Guys. We will not. And then and the sign will be, grab an Uber. <laughs> Thanks, Spence. See ya. Our question of the day is this. What's your favorite part of BYU's win at Kansas? John Chaney on uh, X. Dallin Hall's three-pointer at the top of the key was the moment of this game. I think that's the moment yeah. of the year right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> is that the shot of the year? Well, and it's it's not just the shot. It was the it was the time when it happened, and it was who it was hit over. <laughs> it's all of it. Yes. It's all of it. Yep. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson's climbing the charts on the least likable BYU <laughs> opponents list for fans, I assume. Uh, JP Dalton on X. Watching BYU take over after Dick, uh, Dickinson pushed through the huddle, they owned Kansas after that, that moment. I think that summoned something that Kansas wasn't ready for, which was that BYU, okay, yeah. oh, oh, we're in this. Yeah. Trevin Nell, by the way, is involved in a lot of these, which I kind of like. Look, Trevin, hey, Richie, you can't back down on something like they, that. No, they you were ready, You cannot back down. They were ready. All right, BYU men's basketball versus TCU coming up on Saturday. How can the Cougars uh, top what happened at Kansas? Just win. Just win. That's That's all you need to do against the Horned Frogs. Pre-game coverage begins 8 Eastern on BYU TV and on BYU Radio. After the break, more sound from last night. Dallin Hall, Jackson Robinson, and Mark Pope. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. See, clearly now the fog is gone. Steps back. Yes, sir! Robinson top of the key three. There it is! Terrific outside the arc. The Cougars come to the home of college basketball and emerge from the fog victorious! Indeed they did. 76-68 at number seven Kansas last night. Great to have you with us. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard in Studio B. Let's listen to some of the victorious Cougars. We begin with Dallin Hall talking about fighting through the fouls. BYU had three dudes in the end with uh, four, four, and five fouls. Hall fouls out in the last 30 seconds. Here he is talking about it after the game. I just tried to stay engaged. Um, I really trust this team, and that was one thing. Like when I sat down on the bench, I've, you know, we've had such great depth all year. And the next guy's ready to step up. So I trusted in our guys um, and just stayed engaged because I knew, you know, there'd be a point where I had to step back in. And um, the guys, they really carried us. Jack stepped up huge, bunch of pieces, really 
um, carried us through that foul trouble stretch. And then when it was my turn to step up, I tried my best to, to fulfill that role for the team. That was incredible. When Kansas was in the double bonus at 13:35, I thought, this is going to be hard to overcome. You guys got to do something don't. crazy. I thought that Kansas would continue to get to the line. I thought they'd make free throws. They did not shoot the free throw well at all. 61%, 19 of 31. 31 free throw attempts is incredible. BYU got to the line more than you'd think. 19 of 24, you got the right guys to the line shooting and making them. Uh, Jackson Robinson did his thing. Dallin Hall, 5 of 6 from the stripe. No one uh, missed more than one free throw uh, on the team individually, which was great. So BYU overcame that. For a minute there, it was like, is Kansas going to get every call here? Yeah. Like, I don't like to be every call guy and complain about the refs typically. Well, I want to, but I shouldn't. But we, you try, we try and but edit it. when it's 23 to 9, right. it's really tough. And I thought, okay, can BYU guard without fouling? Are they going to get a call here and whatnot? They played great down the stretch, making shots when you had open threes, and then luckily Kansas missed a bunch of free throws. Yeah. If, the, if Kansas doesn't miss a bunch of free throws, maybe it's a different result here. But sometimes that free throw defense shows up. Yeah. Well, hey, look, you said making the threes. <laughs> Which threes. doesn't exist. Making, BYU making its threes as the game progressed changed everything. Sure. We, we knew going in that's, that's what BYU is known for, but they get in the slow start. But they kept shooting. They were getting good looks. It was not a not getting good looks problem. They were just not hitting them. But they kept shooting. Some were them. tough in the first half, but I thought BYU got better yes. looks in the second. Yes, half. and so but they kept shooting them. They kept with confidence. And Jackson Robinson talked about BYU continuing to shoot threes with confidence. We work on it every day. Um, like Coach said, me and Dallin, one of the last two guys in the gym every day. We're shooting partners. We see each other every day. Watch film, stuff like that. Um, and coach gives us the ultimate confidence, and us as teammates also have confidence in each other. Um, and whether the shot's dropping in the moment or not, it's just next play mentality. Um, and I think it really paid off tonight. What was interesting was, you know, Kansas is not a three-point shooting team. No. But you, those late in the game when you had Timberlake, and then you had Hunter Dickinson hitting threes. I'm like, oh, he no. He was 5 of 31 in conference if, play prior to that. Man. If he's like, going to start hitting threes, we're in trouble. Yeah. So it was just kind of funny. But BYU had an answer for every yes, they did. play, for every run that Kansas had all night long. Big time. Okay, defensively, 68 points allowed, 39% from the field. Points per possession, .958, third best in Big 12 play. That was amazing. And BYU had to defend one of the best big men in the country, perhaps the second best big man in the country, to Zach Eady of Purdue. Hunter Dickinson's tremendous. Here's Mark Pope on the defensive game plan. Um, it was not as – no, it's a good question because you would wonder. Um, that was not actually part of our strategy. Uh, um, I was really proud of the guys defensively. So, um, uh, you know, this team is hungry to grow. Like, we have really humble – guys um, we walked into this league very humble which you should because this league is just a is just so tough and and uh, we have very humble guys that want to learn and we have you know we've had some ups and downs defensively the last few games and our guys willingness to really it's a, and it's a very unique game plan for us uh, that coach Fennell put together defensively and the, and the rest of the staff and then our guys executed at a high level and we had to make adjustments throughout the game and the guys were really good at actually making those adjustments throughout the game so very proud of our defensive effort Staying with Coach Pope, you know, we, we, we know how good Kansas is at home. They're good in general, obviously, yeah, multiple yeah. national championships. Well, they're struggling Big 12 on the road. I would say they haven't been good but, on but the road. What, but I'm talking about historically. Sure. So you can go into this venue with this sense of awe and, and 
work your way right out of a game because you're just in awe of the atmosphere. And after the game, Coach Pope talked about what it meant for BYU to get a victory like that in such a historic venue. I think the guys agree. Um, everybody that grows up knows what this place is. And then this was my first time walking into a game, and I, I've never seen an atmosphere quite like this. It's, it's actually really special, and uh, this is a great team. And so I think as far ahead as we're thinking is um, just that we're grateful that we got an opportunity to, to come compete here. And this, you know, it's one of the meccas and hallowed halls of basketball, and, and, um, and uh, we're really blessed, that we, you know, really blessed and really fortunate to come away with a win. It was a bummer not to get Kansas in Provo. Yeah. But but it's not that big a deal uh, if if the one's at one of the iconic venues in the sport, right? If not the most iconic, and BYU wins that game. I don't know how many wins BYU's going to have at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in the Big 12 era and what that looks like. But to win the first yep. and get one is amazing. It took BYU men's basketball what the year five or four to win at Gonzaga, and then they won three in a row. Who knows if we have a streak coming? Like we had. we didn't expect that one. I shaved my head on the first one, the second and third. Heck no. So are you going to shave your head now because BYU won last yeah, night at yeah, Kansas? I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, if Trevin now shaves his head, then I will. Um, but, and, the, and I will also push Hunter Dickinson, apparently. But <laughs> I just love that interaction. I really did. That was big time. And uh, BYU gets the win uh, at Kansas. Okay. Uh, Mark Pope has had some tremendous wins in his tenure. Uh, probably highlighted by number two against Gonzaga at home. This uh, tops it, I think, because of winning on the road. Maybe you feel differently. But Mark was asked about where this ranks among the best of his career. This is really special. I think it's special because we all have such a deep respect for this program and this venue. Um, you know, I, I think all three of us are, are, are uh, lifelong college basketball fans, and this, um, this arena and this team and this coach uh, and these players, um, you know, it's just, it's just it's all-time mecca. And so um, I think that's what makes it special. And then I think m really what makes it most special for me is um, – is is you know we're, we we talk all the time about faith in our program. Um, it's certainly it's a uh, important part of our university, and um, watching our guys' faith in each other tonight and their faith kind of in the process. Um, you know, we didn't shoot the ball well in the first half, and we didn't shoot the ball well start to start the second half. But their faith in the in, the, in their abilities and their work, and then um, I just thought it was really special to watch. So. That's not a great answer for you. I don't know how it ranks, but it's really special. I would put it in the really, really, really special category. Indeed it was, and faith without works is dead. Uh, BYU had both last night. <laughs> they especially, they had the works. Especially from three. Yeah, <laughs> huge win for BYU. TCU coming up Saturday, which is also a big-time game, uh, not quite like number seven Kansas. But that's the fear is you come down from this high, you've got to respond against good TCU team on Saturday, but today, BYU can enjoy this one. Absolutely. You can also enjoy uh, BYU basketball with Mark Pope. It returns tomorrow as the head coach will recap BYU's Woo. massive win be a hot at number to get. seven, Kansas. You can watch at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Are we holding that in the Marriott Center? <laughs> like, is there going to be room in look, Studio look, State? my son's young men awesome. group picked a great week to want to come to a, Very to nice. a broadcast. Very nice. Coming up, which big-time freshmen surprised everybody with the mission call announcement yesterday. What's the worst ref call against BYU ever? This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. 
Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Happy Leap Year Day. Uh, let's get to today's headlines on February 29th. I didn't know that. So you just mentioned. Do they count? Um, do they count? Do these even count? ESPN's Joe Lenardi has BYU as a five seed in his latest bracketology after the Cougars' upset win over number seven Kansas, up from a seven seed. BYU currently ten in net, fifteen in Ken Palm. Cougars host TCU Saturday, pregame eight Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU spring football practices begin today. The Cougars will hold the first of fifteen practices between today and Saturday, March thirtieth. Is spring football going to be over before BYU basketball is? Mm. We really need to discuss that. Well, BYU's going to the NCAA tournament, so, uh, you know, harder games. If they were in the NIT, perhaps they'd keep going. But uh, <laughs> let's hope they make Final Four for the first time. So. Women's basketball beat Houston last night, 64-54. On senior night, Lauren Gustin had 19-17, and the 28th double-double this season. Sister Kaylee Wilson had 16 points on four three-pointers. Going now 16-14, and 6-11 and 11 in league. Regular season finale at number three, Texas. Hi, Shaley, who lost to Oklahoma last night. BYU football stars, former players now, Keaton Slovis, Kingsley Suomataia, and Ryan Rico continue in their participation at the NFL Combine today. Slovis doing his general medical exam and broadcast interviews. Suomataia and Rico have the NFLPA meeting and day two of team interviews. Baseball host former WCC folk Gonzaga at 5 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. For the home opener in game one of a three-game series at Miller Park. We're so juiced, we're wearing baseball jerseys. Mm -hmm. BYU 2-5 on the year, Gonzaga 1-6. Luke Anderson will join us in the next segment to preview it. Hopefully he hits three home runs again. Luke. BYU softball back on the road playing four games at the Capitol Classic in Sacramento, California. Beating today with a double header against Sacramento State and UC Davis. Cougars 12-3 on the season. It's 1-1, middle of the third right now against uh, Sac State. Men and women's swim and dive continues day two of competition in the Big 12 Championships. Day one highlighted by Jordan Tiffany, Mickey Strauss, who earned all Big 12 first team honors, broke school records. Tiffany in the 200 individual medley, Strauss in the one meter dive on the women's side. Haley Williams, not the Paramore singer, Reagan Geldmacher earned all Big 12 second team honors. Williams in the 50 free, Geldmacher in the 500 free. Day three continues today. And BYU women's tennis opening up Big 12 play at UCF today in Orlando. Long road trip. BYU currently ranked 45th in the country. UCF ranked 59th because you know tennis rankings, they go up to like 100. I love it. Or maybe even higher. Let's I don't go. know. The Cougars are 8 and 1 this season. Hey, top 50 team. Let's whip it. Well, what's their net? Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Does tennis have a net ranking? What's your RPI? Multiple reports have the college football playoff committee talking about a 14-team playoff model. 14? That would grant three automatic qualifiers to the Big Ten and SEC, two automatic qualifiers to the Big 12 and ACC, okay. one to a G5, and three at-large teams. Do you like this better than the 12 team? No. I think 14 is a super weird number. Yeah. If you're going to go to 14, why would you not just well, push it to 16? Tie down, right? You know, just like straight you. up. Like, if you're going to 14, go to like, go to 16. It's way easier to navigate that way. Why do we need a certain amount of AQs? You'll just earn them. You don't, exactly. I when, think you it's get a, that, when you get that many. I think it's just power play 100 by the SEC. 100% it is. Like, well, we want to have the most because we've, we're the best. You'll we deserve get, the most. You'll get the most. You'll, no you'll, one's you'll arguing you're naturally. the top two. You'll earn it naturally. But, Spence, would it be good for the Big 12 to automatically have multiple automatic qualities? Qualifiers because there will be years in the 12 team where I'm I don't know that there will be a second Big 12 team. We certainly hope that there's two or three bids, but there's no guarantee. Here's the thing though: what if 
What if the Big 12, the, the two teams that play in the Big 12 championship game, the, the team that loses is ranked 23rd? I don't want that team in the playoff. It's like, well, it's good for the conference. No, no, I don't want that team playing in the 12-team playoff if they're not one of the 12 to 14 best teams in the country. Well, that's not how it works, because if you win the conference title, you're in. I understand that. Well, how would the second automatic qualifier work then if the Big 12 was granted that? How does that, how is that even determined? Is it just like the, It'll the, be by the, ranks, the two best teams? The, is it the top ranked teams remaining? Based on the college football playoff that, that rankings? That already get the AQ. And AQs host home games, by the way. Yeah, I don't. So, so like you could you could have Georgia lose the Big 12. Uh, sorry, <laughs> they're in the SEC. The big the SEC title game, be number four, and have to play uh, a home game in round one while TBD second best team in the SEC gets that by. But most teams are not going with you. Like you win the division, you show up in the title game now. It's a little different. I just think 12 that teams going to be hard enough to get used to. Why 14 is not going to happen, bro. 12 teams is plenty. 12 teams, that would be plenty for the college football play. It'd be, it'd be fun. I like 16, though. I like it, the first. It opens BYU's window a little more I to think make that one. If you're a top four team, you deserve a buy. Like, that's that's it's well earned. If you 16, are 16, you don't three, need four, any buys. You just got to win four more games. Well, I just, I, I, it, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think are, it's too many. Let's start the season in many. July, and then we'll finish by 12 is great. And guess what? Like, are we really complaining if the, the, there are as a team that's ranked right around 11 to 13. Like, well, we didn't get in. And, uh, That'll be the crux uh, of the conversation next year. Is no, I don't care who gets in at the end. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are all good. Okay, we're good. Like it, it would stink. Yeah, and I know that it could affect a team like BYU, and we'd be like, oh, they deserve to be in. How often in the Big 12 is BYU going to be making a 12-team playoff? It's going to be hard, man. Once a decade, maybe have a good enough team to do so. If it's 16, you increase your opportunity. There. I, I, for yeah. that point, I would like a 16 team play. Yeah, no, the 14, no. You're gonna go 14, go to 16. Let's just do it. Okay. Hey, make it, uh, make it uh, 96. All right, like let's, the, just, uh, let's just do it. Let's make it happen. 16. Baseball opens up home play today. It's afternoon, three Mountain Time, five Eastern Time on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio, baby. Luke Anderson is here. And uh, are those Luke Anderson highlights that we're watching? Yeah, right Luke, they look good, right? Hey, it looks really you good. Look, you look good, bro. We head over to the Cougar Council Room after this for our conversation. Stay with us. They're looking good. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. We're ready for baseball, bro. February baseball in Provo. Well, because BYU of a leap, because of a leap year. Otherwise, Mark, you're very much. First Texans win, 09, home game. Listen, if BYU loses game the game, game, just strike it from the record. It doesn't count. It doesn't even count. Because it was on a leap year. So Solar we'll go ahead and wipe that one away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, joining us now is one of the BYU baseball stars, Luke Anderson, is back on the show. Luke, welcome up, back Luke? to BYU Sports Nation. Glad to be back. Look at this well-groomed mustache. It's blonde, <laughs> so you can barely see it, but uh, it's it's early in the season. you gotta, you got to grow one out, right? Yeah. I had it dyed before the season, but then Did I, you just, really? I just shaved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing back. It's growing back. You dyed it? Yeah. Like, blonde, you can't even see it. Uh, that's what I'm so saying. I had to yeah. dye it, yeah. It's all good. 
You're looking right. like Corey Snyder in the 80s here. The way you did. <laughs> looking good, man. You, uh, you're going to be hitting like Corey. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, that. Listen, uh, I know it's it's always tough to start. Seven games on the road. Um, you're away from home for a long time. Like that, that is a challenge for these spring sports, especially baseball and softball. But what does it mean to be home and to be you know sleeping in your own bed and hosting a February home game at Miller Park? It's nice. Um, it's always ideal to play at home, you know. Um, seven games on the road to start the season, like everyone's like a little uptight, so it's it's always gonna be um, a little rough. But you know, I'm not I'm not really worried. We're at home, three games, so it should be fun. How was Sloan Park, home of the uh, Cubs in spring training? Oh, it was un unbelievable. One of the nicest fields I've ever played on. Did you get a picture with the uh, little Wrigley sign and everything? No, I should have, though. You were busy playing baseball? You got video. You got video of, of yourself playing. Surely that counts for something, right? Even though you didn't get a picture. Yeah, 100%. I mean, okay, Gonzaga in town. Familiar foe. Mm -hmm. uh, how different are they from uh, the, the squad you played the last couple of years? Um, I'm not really sure. I know they, got a, they had a lot of players leave, transfer. Um, I think they, for the most part, um, the pitchers are the same, but the lineup looks a little different, so we'll see how they are. It's like, hey, who's our first non-conference uh, uh, home games as a Big 12? Oh, it's the homies from Spokane. <laughs> what, do you, what are you uh, expecting and hoping for, obviously, to uh, play well uh, this weekend against Gonzaga? I'm um, just hoping offense, you know, we put some runs up on the board for our pitchers. Our pitchers have done unbelievable this year, I think. Um, a little better than last year, <laughs> for sure. Um, so we just need the offense to just turn it up a little bit. You may have just answered my question because I was going to follow that up with, okay, through seven games, what does BYU baseball, as far as an identity goes, do best right now? Um, I would say our, our pitchers from last year have, have been unbelievable. And from the fall, I would say for the hitters, um, we are really good at putting the ball in play, and the first seven games have been a little rough at that. Like, we've been striking out a little too much. But our chase rate's down. Like, we have 18% chase rate, which is actually unbelievable. So we're just missing balls in the zone, and if we can figure that out, we'll be, we'll be really good. What's a good rate? Just, just to add some context to that. Under 20%, so 18%, it's really good. And would like, chase rate be you're, you're going after a ball outside the zone? Outside the zone, okay. yeah, swinging outside the zone. But our swing and miss rate in the zone is, like, above 40%. So. Okay. So that's where yeah. you're looking for improvement, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Did you use all the runs you were hoping for in game one against UC Davis? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he scored 20. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> 20 runs. I don't think we scored 20 runs last year. So 20, was, 20 is incredible. Game. We've seen some great performances the last few years. That was up there. Game ones, you guys have been money, right? Game yeah. one, you win. You mm -hmm. beat, uh, what, SC? And then you win game one against UC Davis. So today's guaranteed victory, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> we'll come out and play hard, but we just got to put everything together. What, what is it about sort of uh, today's game that makes it unique or fun, given that, hey, you're a Big 12 team and you're at home for the first time ever, and it's February. Those, those are unique kind of things with this game, it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we'll be a little more relaxed just being at home um, for sure. And it's just a good – we have a lot of new kids on this team, I think, more than half of our roster is new, so. Did you have Hi My Name Is badges in the fall to just introduce each other? Should have, yeah. <laughs> like, it took a little bit for everyone to get to know each other. Like, I don't, I didn't know anyone's names like two weeks in, so. But it was, it's good, and that's the fun part about it. You get to meet new people. 
play with new kids. It's awesome. Luke Anderson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. What's the biggest challenge making the transition from the West Coast Conference to the Big 12? And how has that impacted your preparation from last season to now seven games in? Um, the Big 12 Conference, it's arguably one of the best. I mean, SEC is legit, ACC is legit, but Big 12 is top two, top three. So coming from the West Coast Conference, it'll, it's a, definitely a big jump. A lot of uh, really good players because everyone loves to go to the big schools for baseball. And so it's, it's going to be really fun. Um, I'm excited. But our preparation, um, like I said, we've been trying to like do more stuff like attacking the zone. Um, we got a lot of new good pitchers, obviously. So that should help us out a lot. What did you personally work on in the offseason for this year? Um, for me, my, sw like my swing a lot. Um, I got a big leg kick, so I had to like try to tone it down a little bit. Okay. That, Are we talking like Bryce Harper big leg kick? It's it's up there, it really is. And um, so I've been trying to control that because I struck out a lot last season, but I also was able to put the ball in play a lot. So just toning it down a little bit, trying to control it with my uh, body. Who's your big league comp? Hmm. Like team or player? Player. Rafael Devers. I like that. Red Sox. Red like Sox that. fan. You're a Red Sox fan? Yeah. So you had to pick a Red Sox guy? Is that how that have works? Have to, yeah. Okay, very nice. Have like to. That. Do you have any superstitions? I, I ask this to every baseball player. Are you a baseball player? Yeah, do you have any, like, <laughs> okay, do you have crazy superstitions? superstitions? Yeah. No, I don't have any, like, Oh, crazy. you're the one that doesn't. I love no, it. No, I don't have any crazy ones. I really... I, what are the not crazy ones? I like to take the same – if we win, I like to take the same route to the field. Okay. What, what route is that? It's the back way through – back way <laughs> through Provo because I live – Oh, in, you're talking streets. Yeah. Like I, home. Yeah, I live, home. In, I live in Vineyard, so I don't like to go on university. Too many lights and people. Yeah. So I like to take the back way through uh, Provo. So after a win, like – Center just Street, to get in the right Geneva. Mindset. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. You're going by the temple now on the way <laughs> out there. I like. All that. right, that qualifies as a superstition. Okay, we'll call it mild. It's just superstition. Sure. We'll call it. We'll call it mild. Yeah. It's a stition. <laughs> just a little stition. Yeah, he's a little yeah, stition. Words like Michael I don't Scott. Have any big ones. Yeah. All right, Luke. Uh, most importantly, let's give you some BYU Sports Station karma as you open up a three-game series against Gonzaga. Okay, maybe Good luck, you'll, man. Maybe you'll hit three home runs in a game again. Who knows? Hopefully. hopefully. I'll take a homer. I'll take that, and then we'll go build off that. I just know you're going to be yeah. great because yeah. you were on the show and you got the karma. Yeah. So enjoy. Thank you. And contrary to popular belief, he does have a mustache. If we can see it, it's right here. Luke, have fun today. I need to dye that Thank thing. You. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Luke. Okay, BYU Baseball, check it out. A little earlier today, soaking up that sunshine, 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain Local on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus, and BYU Radio. Up next, a must-see senior night moment oh. from BYU women's basketball. Amazing. This is incredible. Don't miss it. We're back with more BYU SNFU. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. 
Favorite part of BYU's win at Kansas? Ben to BYU on Instagram. The Johnson steal ahead to Robinson who stops and pops a three. Beautiful man. Again, reminded me of Ali Farouk Manesh, 2010 NCAA tournament. First round against Kansas. It's a big time shot. That man. was a huge shot. Our big elite voice shot. of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated at Texas Vandy on X. Without question, my favorite part is that BYU top to bottom looked like a team who could close. They did close. So many critical stops, plays, coaching elements, BYU equals team who closes. I agree. Fantastic. Today's Rise and Shout Out is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Everything surrounding last night. The, the game, the win, the fans, everything. All of it! it We're going to watch awesome. the cut after this. Awesome. It is out. Our thanks to today's guests, Spencer Linton and Kaylee Smiley. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. All of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio.